I'm Jim Cameron, Jim Cameron Consulting, broadcasting from the Fountainhead, the home of Synergy Billing, and I'm your host for Volusia Matters, news, interviews, and matters that impact Volusia County, directly or indirectly. Now let's get on with some news. By now, all local government entities have passed their final budget and tax rate for fiscal year 2023-24. And to name a few, okay, Daytona Beach City Commission adopted a $138 million general fund budget with a 5.43 millage rate. It includes $23 million for capital projects, which goes for flood mitigation, affordable housing, East ISB upgrade, Jackie Robinson ballpark upgrades, and a uh, new fire station on South Ridgewood Avenue to replace the current station located at Orange and Beach Streets. County Council then approved a $1.3 billion overall budget with a 4.84 millage rate, which is a combination of the general fund of $289 million, 3.39 mills combined with the sheriff's public safety $130 million budget or 1.45 mills. So different accounting procedures this year. The school board approved a $1.3 billion budget with a 5.40 millage rate, 9% higher than the rollback rate. But you need to know that the school district budget is pretty much determined in Tallahassee by the legislature. And this year's school district budget got back a major source of funds from the legislature. Listen to my interview with school board member Anita Burnett for details. Ormond Beach City Commission approved a $43 million general fund with a 3.92 millage rate. Port Orange approved a $58 million general fund with a 4.99 millage rate. And the new fiscal year began yesterday, October the 1st. Next, regarding Transform 386, now that's the $328 million HUD grant to assist Volusia County with hurricane recovery. But October the 3rd, County Council, by a 5-2 to two vote, approved an action plan that will be submitted to Housing and Urban Development, HUD, for their review. And upon their approval, HUD will then send a grant agreement back to the county for approval and appropriation of funds. Now, the grant will primarily focus on unmet needs in regards to housing, and that is single-family housing, rehab and replacement, rental housing repair, and multifamily housing. Now, this is a major project for the county, and I'll continue to provide updates. So I guess moving from the land to Washington, 
On Saturday, September the 30th, a last-minute bipartisan agreement was passed by the U.S. House and Senate to keep the federal government funded through November 17th. And at approximately 9 o'clock last Saturday night, the Senate voted 88 to 9 for a bill that will keep government at current spending levels. Senators Marco Rubio and Senator Rick Scott both voted yes. Now, the bill pushed by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy includes $16 billion in disaster relief funds, and that was an amount that was sought by Rubio and Scott in another bill, but does not include new aid for Ukraine. Now, House vote was 335 to 91, and our local congressman, Corey Mills and Michael Waltz, both voted no. McCarthy brought up the new bill after House Republicans failed to pass another short-term spending bill last week. President Joe Biden signed the bill into law last Saturday night. And since we're talking about the federal budget and the national economy, at their September 19th and 20 meeting, the Federal Reserve held rates steady at 5.25 to 5.5 percent, thus taking a pause from an aggressive rate hiking campaign that began in March 2022 in an effort to bring the U.S. inflation rate to 2 percent. Now, however, there have been four rate hikes in 2023 and the, the Federal Reserve meets eight times annually, and their next meeting will be November the 1st. Let's see what happens. Now that was last Saturday, because on Tuesday, yesterday, October the 3rd, the House voted 216 to 210 to oust House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. 208 Democrats joined by eight conservative Republicans removed McCarthy from office and 210 Republicans voted to keep McCarthy, including Congressman Corey Mills and Congressman Michael Waltz. Now, Freedom Caucus Republicans have had several disagreements since McCarthy became House Speaker nine months ago. And several caucus members led by Florida Congressman Matt Gates, had a problem when McCarthy got Democrats to work with him to avoid federal government shutdown this past weekend and approving that 45-day extension of government spending. And the same arguments came into play last June during the debate over whether or not to increase the nation's debt ceiling. And these caucus members, they're concerned with the growing national debt, and they criticized McCarthy for not securing steeper spending cuts out of the Biden administration. Now, there's a vacancy in the Speaker's chair, which kind of paralyzes the House until a successor is chosen.
but for now, the House has an acting House Speaker named Patrick McHenry, a congressman from North Carolina. Republicans and Democrats, they'll be meeting to decide nominees for Speaker. Uh, McCarthy has stated he will not try to win back his post, but it takes a majority of Republicans in their conference to put forward a nominee who must then win a majority of votes in the House chamber to become House Speaker. Electing a House Speaker will be tricky since Congress will also be debating over the next several weeks by November the 17th to avert another government spending shutdown. And you might note there are currently 433 active House members 221 Republicans and 212 Democrats. Also, last Saturday, September the 30th, Florida's minimum wage increased from the current $11 to now $12 an hour. Tipped wage employees increased from $7.98 to $8.98 an hour. This is based on Florida Constitutional Amendment Number 2, which was approved November 2020, that would increase the state's minimum wage by $1 each September until it's $15 an hour in 2026. Next item, Florida Department of Transportation will host a tentative five-year work program on Tuesday, October 17, 3.30 to 5 p.m. at the District 5 FDOT office in DeLand. It'll focus on FDOT's 2024 to 2029 work program and the program forecast where and when funds are needed for improvements to roadways, transit, aviation, seaports, spaceports, and other means of transportation. And uh, FDOT will also be hosting a public meeting on Wednesday, October 11, 5 p.m. at the News Journal Center, 221 North Beach Street, Daytona. It'll focus on LPGA Boulevard improvements, US 92, to Williamson Boulevard, and the purpose is to accommodate existing and future travel demand and to improve safety on LPGA Boulevard and the I-95 interchange. Next item, Deltona Mayor Santiago Avia and West Volusia Regional Chamber will host a job fair to connect job seekers with potential employers. It'll be October the 13th, 2 p.m. at the Center Deltona on MLK Boulevard. It's free and open to all businesses and interested businesses should call 218-0540 for more information. And next item, October the 3rd, County Council confirmed the appointment of Lynn Flanders to become Ocean Center Department Director. Now, she is a CPA 
and has over 20 years experience in coordinating and planning large-scale events. She was previously Assistant General Manager at the Cobb Galleria Center, Cobb Energy Performing Arts Center, and Specialty Shops. So, we look forward to working with you, Lynn. Now, another Chamber event is Daytona Regional Chamber's Candidate Boot Camp. Now, that has been rescheduled to Tuesday, November the 28th, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., and a location to be decided. But anyone interested in running for a political office that needs to learn the aspects of campaigning and what's expected of a candidate, this is your, this is your ticket. You need to come to this. And election supervisor Lisa Lewis and campaign managers and other elected officials will share what to expect when running for local, state, or congressional office. And for more information, call Nancy Kiefer at 255-0981. Next, Governor Ron DeSantis appointed five new people to the Space Florida Board of Directors and reappointed four others. Those reappointed from Volusia County include Maury Hosini, CEO of ICI Homes, and Rodney Cruz, Chief Operations Officer at Emory Riddle. Now, the 13-seat Space Florida Board provides financial incentives for launching aerospace businesses in the state of Florida. Now this past session, the legislature added the governor to the Space Florida Board and appropriated $12.5 million to the fund this year. And I might add that the governor also appointed former Transportation Secretary Kevin Tebow to the board. And some items you might want to put on your calendar, the Riverfront Esplanade, downtown Daytona Beach, Phase 2 Grand Opening will take place this Friday, October the 6th, 5 to 8 p.m. And this will be the new section of the park from International Speedway Boulevard south to Orange Avenue. So I'm definitely going. And then the Volusia Legislative Delegation is going to meet October 24th, 3 to 6 p.m., Deland City Hall, South Florida Avenue. And for more information, call 304-7630, or you can email Senator Tom Wright's office. And also add Barracks of Hope Grand Opening Ceremony on Friday, November the 10th, 2 p.m. This facility will be at 962 Derbyshire Road, Daytona Beach. And Congressman Michael Waltz will be the guest speaker. And RSVP, call Rhonda Hodges at 299-3853. And next item... From our friends at the Florida Chamber, this month, their Florida Chamber scorecard shows that as of this week, 
Florida's population is just over 22.8 million individuals. And Florida's third grade reading scores are at 50%, which means that over 110,000 students are not reading at grade level. Now this is something that needs attention because it's been said before, like in Tallahassee, that the uh, Department of Corrections tracks this number as it'll indicate the number of prison beds needed in the future. That ain't good. But uh, anyhow, this is an informative and fascinating tool with all kinds of economic indicators. So check it out. To do so, go to thefloridascorecard.org. Thefloridascorecard.org. I highly recommend it. Next item is our interview with District 2 School Board Member Anita Burnett. Okay, today we have with us School Board Member Anita Burnett, longtime friend. How are you, Anita? Doing wonderful, thank you. All righty. We're glad to have you with us today. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, by all means. Getting into questions, uh, the school board, they just recently passed their new budget for the fiscal year. And I believe it was about 1.1 or $1.2 billion or so. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more what was in this budget? Yeah, so um, we were fortunate enough that the uh, state legislature um, did do away with the DCD, which as you know, for Volusia County has been a big sore subject being that every dollar we send up to the state, we would receive 96 cents back. And over the years, that's cost us millions of dollars. Um, so this year, the, the legislature reworked that and did away with that. So we are grateful um, here in Volusia County as we're going to receive more of that money back. Um, they did reappropriate funds and there's lots of different formulas that go into to all those reappropriations and where buckets go. But, um, you know, our goal this year is to um, to keep students, you know, there's the uh, the scholarships that allows the parent choice, which we're all good with, but, you know, we want to market ourselves well as, as well. And, um, and then, you know, we have some projects going on. Uh, we're rebuilding Terry T. We'll be rebuilding Tomoka Elementary. And there's, there's a need for other schools, especially over on the west side of the county. So as far as the budget goes, you know, we have, we have lots of different things going on, lots of projects. And of course, the biggest asset is the staff and, and payroll. So, you know, we always want to make sure that we're trying to do the best to take care of them and being fiscally responsible at the same time. Well, I'm so glad to hear you say that they did away with that district cost differential. I mean, that cost us millions of dollars for years. So, oh, man. So that's great news. But, uh, Nita, I can still remember, though, back when the academies, the academies had just gotten started in Volusia County High Schools. And uh, how many academies do we have in the district? And what are some of the examples of our high school academies? Good question. And I know, you know, when I came onto the board, it was about the time when some of the academies were downgraded to programs. And I know that 
many of the community members and the, and the school board members as well, you know, we were not satisfied with that. And we've, you know, expressed our desire to have some of those come back. So this year we had seven new academies come back throughout the high schools. Um, and one of them is the teaching academy at Atlantic High School, which, of course, with the teacher shortage right now, it's imperative that we promote that that um, pathway and that profession. We we definitely need them. With all the uh, the influx of people coming to Florida, it's just increasing our need for teachers. So we have about twenty two academies over the over the county, and like I said, we have seven new ones. Atlantic, I, I know Atlantic well because my kids, you know, recently graduated from there and they went to the law and government and um, and then there's the teaching academy. We have the IB academies. We have one on the east side at Spruce Creek. We have one over on the west side at DeLand. So we're trying to increase those academies. But we also have a number of programs which, which have little specialty um, classes as well. We also have encouraged and started programs with the middle schools so that they're feeder programs to specific high schools. And we have 25 of those pathways in middle school going into high school. Four of those were new this year. And Campbell is involved in one of those with a flight program. And that feeds into Atlantic as well. Okay. Wow. Sounds like a great Great, uh, like I say, variety that you got there, though. Yeah, we want to, you know, the goal is obviously you you want to um, encourage our students to do what's right for them, whether it's a trade or college. And we want to keep them here in the community and have them be part of our community and give back as they become adults and professionals. Well, along those lines, kind of those same lines now, I know a few years ago that the uh, the district implemented a student skills assessment test, assessment test called U-Science. And this was an idea that I remember coming from Daytona Regional Chamber, proud of that. But uh, can you tell us anything more about this U-Science program? Yeah, we've been fortunate enough to... Um to be a partner with the Daytona Beach Chamber, and they've sponsored that. And what it is is the students take a test, and it kind of gives them an idea um, as to what they may be suited for with with going forward in adult life. Um, you know, by interest, by aptitude, um, just kind of gives them an idea where they might want to focus. Not saying that your mind can't change, but it does give you an idea. And I know. Um, a couple of the school administrators took the test and it said they should be a school administrator. So um, kind of worked out that way, but we're very grateful for the Daytona Beach Chamber of Commerce to, to partner with us and offer that test and offer this program for our students. Well, glad to hear that. Uh, uh, House and Senate interim committees. Uh, their meetings have just started in Tallahassee, I believe, like last week. Uh, and they're getting ready for the 2024 session, which is going to start in January. Mm -hmm. Any particular issues that the school district is going to be looking for this next session? Yes, absolutely. And we do send um, our members up to Tallahassee to help lobby for this. Um, you know, we go meet with our um representatives and we tell them what we 
you know, our hopes are. And obviously we give them a long list and we hope for a few things, but um, we're always grateful for them because they always find time to meet with us and, and listen to us. And last year, you know, they did help us and they, they listened about the DCD and um, that was a big help. But this year we're looking at um, some of the different funding sources for transportation. We're hoping to lobby to get better funding in the, in the busing because we pay for most of that. It's not funded as well as, you know, elementary students. And, and I get emails and phone calls about this a lot where, you know, these little kids are having to walk across Nova here on the east side, Nova Road or Ridgewood or just just streets that are unsafe or very busy. And so we'd like to lobby to, to get that uh, two mile radius changed to a shorter range for elementary students. Um, also, there was a within a bill and forgive me for not knowing the exact bill number, but there was uh, one of the components of a bill that allowed students to carry FDA approved headache medication. And that's, you know, something we'd like to, to get removed because you never know that what's being carried. They can say it's headache medication, but also too, for little kids, um, you know, that's not really the safest. So we'd like to get that changed. And uh, one of the things that I know all of us have talked about, and especially with the shortage of teachers, is when the veteran teachers are able to retire, you know, that's their benefit and who doesn't want to retire one day, right? Uh, but sometimes when you go to retire, you're like, man, I wish I could do something maybe just one or two days a week. Currently, veteran teachers have to stay out a full year, and we're hoping to get that changed to decrease that amount of time in order to bring them back because we desperately need substitute teachers and um, options to help us, you know, on a daily basis. So we're hoping to get that changed as well. Well, it looks like y'all got a full session ahead along with our legislative delegation. Absolutely. So listen, let's stay in touch. Tell Donna said hello and thank you for this interview. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, one thing I would like to say is, is I know that, you know, we see so many things on social media uh, and it's negative, but there's a lot of good things going on in our schools. And um, I just want people to know that. And we're really focused on security and safety for our staff and students. So while it may seem like we have an uptick in uh, occurrences, really what it is, is one, we're just being more diligent with making sure these things are reported appropriately. So, but I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Hey, let's talk again. All right, have a good evening. Thank Bye. you, Anita. And to finish up, I still want to remind everybody that the U.S. debt is over $33 trillion, and that equals out to over $250,000 per taxpayer in the U.S., now look for a new podcast episode to be released next week, and the views expressed on today's podcast may or may not necessarily express the opinions of Jim Cameron Consulting. And for more news, check out my newsletter being emailed later this week, and if you're not receiving it, call me at 566-2140, and my $1,000 guarantee still stands. And in closing, I want to ask you to please support Volusia Volunteers in Medicine. 
they provide health care at no cost or at very much reduced cost to local employed individuals, and I mean employed individuals, that have no health insurance. And for more information on them, call 316-2771. Now this is Jim Cameron signing off, saying God bless and roll tide.